Welcome to this episode of Right Stuff, presented and produced by me, Chris Fitzgerald, through the Headstuff Podcast Network. You can follow me on Twitter at RightStuffChris. This episode is with Sorka Fox, but before we launch into that, let's hear from another Headstuff podcast that deals with nostalgic elements from our youths. This is a great one actually called Juvenalia. Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. I'm Sarah Griffin. And I'm Alan And we are the three hosts of Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to interesting people about the bits of pop culture that were important to them when they were young. We've talked to Sarah Quinn about Madonna. We've talked to Auntie Donahue about Star Wars. And we talked to Sinead Burke about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And that's just three of the 60 plus episodes we have on Heads Up Podcast Network. So if you remember things from your childhood and want to talk about them, we're here. Deep chats with sound people about wonderful things from their childhood. That's what we do here. So give us a listen. Bye, everybody. See you now. Bye. So I spoke to Sorka Fox at the Bell Table in Limerick, where she was performing at an event that also included Stephen James Smith, who I interviewed a few podcasts back. You can listen back to that one. Uh, Sorka is a multi-talented performer. She's an actor, writer, director and a poet who has written a poetic sequence called Remember that invites her audience to remember their nation's past, really Ireland's past, which can invoke pride or often shame. A big part of her performance is how her words are seamlessly interwoven with the original music of D. Armstrong, Louis Armstrong Mayock and Megan Lawler. You'll hear a recording from a performance of Remember recorded by John McKeown uh, live at Lingo, a spoken word festival in 2016 at Liberty Hall throughout this. Thanks to Sorka for her permission to use them here. I started by asking Sorka about the performance that she had just done at the bell table. Uh, I loved it. It was a lovely night and... uh Real pleasure to be back in the bell table, it's looking all glamorous and lovely now again. I uh, hadn't been here in many, many years. And um, brilliant to be performing with Stephen, who's just a pleasure to be on, uh, sharing the stage with. And uh, and the musicians Dee and Louie and Megan. And um, and brilliant to have 25 people from Mount Trenchard in the audience, from the Direct Provision Centre who came down. And unfortunately had to leave early because they had to get their bus. But... Um, yeah, real privilege to perform for them. Yeah. And that set that you performed, how long has that been coming together? Um, all the parts of that, there were parts that go back a few years, I think, and a few yeah. more recent ones as well? Yeah, it was uh, It was written, the, the piece, remember, was written for the Lingo Festival in 2016. Um, and I, the few new pieces I added at the beginning are new, they're recent. Um, so it's a thing that'll um, keep transforming, I think. Uh, I don't think we'll ever lose the need to remember. Gorgeous, blousy, living river. Trying for the sneaky kiss. Arm draped around your shoulder. Nice, but trying to feel your tits. (laughs) Taking liberties. (coughs) Looking at you. Jocks half down, brazen eyed from an alleyway piss. Waiting for the moment to knock the shine right off your bliss. With your fur coat and no knickers, stop looking down your nose. You may give back that coat. The lad who bought it was a pimp. You don't need it for warmth. You're better in your nip. Like a drunken Diogenes with your five lamps lit in the middle of the day looking for one good man. Dublin, you may hang your bollocks off them. (laughs) With your spire. And all your pointy monuments to nowhere. You're fucking absurd. Larkin's given up, man. But Connolly wants a word. Of what use can be the re-establishment of any form of Irish state if it does not embody the emancipation of womanhood? None so fitted to break their chains as those who wear them, 
none so well equipped to decide what is a fetter. In its march towards freedom, the working class of Ireland must cheer on the efforts of those women who, feeling on their souls and bodies, the fetters of the ages, have arisen to strike them off. Um, what I always think, I suppose, is of the voices that don't get amplified in, in society, um, whether they're, they're artists' voices from different communities or whether they're just people's voices who, that we really need to hear that help us remember who we should be, um, who we can be. And if voices, they're consciously silenced by society. You know, people like the people in uh, Mount Trenchard seeking asylum, um, traveller voices, an awful lot of women's voices and the silencing you do of yourself. And to challenge that, I suppose, always, and to try and, um, and amplify the messages and the voices that you hear that resonate really deeply with you and think, well, I always think maybe they're, they're kind of like the seeds of who we might be and to try and kind of collect them mm. <laughs> and share them as much as possible. That's because there's a reluctance, though, isn't there, sometimes to remember these uh, negative things in our past and you brought up the remembering the famine and... Like, do you do you get that reaction from audiences that you're bringing up these um, ideas that people, due to maybe trauma or just maybe intentional suppression, um, don't want to face? Yeah, I think so. I think like per personal and political, it's always um, preferable to bury things sometimes. Not always, but just to keep going, you know. And I think as a nation, that's what we did. We buried such a deep trauma in ourselves just to keep going but you pay the price and it, it doesn't trauma unfortunately doesn't uh, it refuses to be buried so mm. it manifests in different ways and I think the kind of callousness and uh, cold heartedness of, of government in relation to the most vulnerable is a manifestation of that and, and us voting in people like that who, who aren't looking after people the way ordinary Irish people actually do look after mm people and each other you know mm. and to, um yeah so I think there's definitely a reluctance so it's not it's not like stuffing people's noses in it it's more like just reminding us mm -hmm. this has had a deep effect and to acknowledge that and to, to to look towards real healing you crucified Janie Mary with one plank of austerity and one plank of the church. Nails hammered into her small soft palms with the heel of a hobnailed boot. You hoisted her on the Jeannie Johnston and she is lord of this wreck. Now go and get a fine gold chain and hang that around your neck. From the womb of the coomb to the swell of the rotunda to your first howl in Hollis Street the problem with a fetter, James. It wears into flesh and bone till it becomes so much a part of you, you'd nearly miss it when it's gone. Tell me, how do you write that song? There are no words for the pain. Like I was working recently with a brilliant woman, Rachel, in um, an addiction recovery centre in Damastown in uh, Dublin 15. And uh, I walked into the, the Addiction Recovery Centre and it's a therapeutic community and they have written on the wall um, a statement, their kind of statement of 
um, yeah, the kind of the mission statement mm. of the place, and it's the first line of it is, "I am here because there is no refuge." Finally, from myself, until I confront myself in the eyes and hearts of others, I am running. And I, I just was blown away by that statement. I think, and I think, until we get to that place, we can't just keep carrying on, mm. as if as if nothing has happened. I suppose. Mm. Them's that got shall have, and them's that not shall lose. That will change when we remember we've always had the right to choose. Dublin, it's time you got your head around your blues. Where did you get that black eye? I'm afraid to ask you where it hurts. I know I'm gonna hold and kiss you. And I know you'll rob me purse. You know the hole you're trying to fill with money, sex, or drugs. You know the only thing to fill that hole. The only thing is love. And a big part of of writing, remember as well, is to try and make sense of my own identity and life and trajectory and stuff. Um, and so. Yeah, I mean, the, like the Irish language is a part of me. Dublin is a part mm. of me. Leitrim is a big part of me. And Rossport, what it taught me. And mm. I suppose it's just kind of taking the, those lessons and trying to reflect on them and reflect them back to people and see if they make any sense and if they resonate, you mm. know. Mm. And if that, if it's like, if it does, then, then it justifies its place, I mm. suppose. And the, finally then, the, um, the other aspect of the performance tonight was the actual performance element and the musicians and the music and the words seemed to blend so well together it was like seamless and they seemed to be hard to imagine one without the other how did that take place or what was that process like was it I'd imagine was it you kind of delivering the words and then they kind of come in behind you and then it evolved like that or how did that work I'm just blessed really with them you know um, it's D Armstrong Louis Armstrong Mayock and uh, Megan Lawler and the music is original and composed by them but literally like I, I'd be talking and they'd just start playing you know and that's the way those things are composed I don't think everybody can do that mm. you know I don't think every musician can do that but they, I suppose the themes and what we're talking about, we are very much on the same bus. So there's not a whole load of explaining that we ever have to do. Come in, make the tea and start, you know. And so that's a real, I'm just blessed. It's mm. a real privilege to, to play with them and a joy then. Because mm. they create worlds, you know. So for performance, it just means that this whole world is created mm. around you that you can let yourself go into, you know. Yeah. So that's special. Yeah, so actually one more thing then what's next for you Sarkay like you're uh, I know you've s- you writer director producer actor all these things is there <laughs> are you continuing with all that or is this a, now a priority for you these kinds of performances well this is what makes me really happy mm. so I'm, I'm trying to kind of recognise those things more and more and uh, and um, get me ha- behind my own voice a bit more mm. which I, I've been bad at um, so yeah, definitely more more poetry, and um, I'm doing the new play clinic with Fish Amble at the moment, and um, because through working with Rachel in the addiction centre for Home Theatre Ireland with Drift, I discovered I could write a play which I never knew, and thanks to Rachel and 
the kind of frankness of her and the clarity of her voice. So uh, yeah, looking at doing that and writing more poems and mm. working with the lads more and yeah. Class. Looking forward to seeing it. Fingers Thanks a million, Circa. Thanks, Thanks so much, Chris. <laughs> Lovely talking. You. you too. Thanks. Something deep and old. Something black and blue. Because I have been borrowed, and so have you. Because the city of the gypsies and the Spanish civil guard are a line that runs through all of us, through every Irish heart. We can help each other, brother. Hold your hand out if you can. You're not the heir of the dog that bit us. I see a different man. We are the stolen children, and with refugees we stand. We've been running from our history, the blood and scars on our own hands. We need to raise them now together and say, no passeran. We can hear the painful beauty in a concerto of moon and sand. We are the stolen children of all cities, states and lands. And we are gentle, like the hum of electricity like the Liffey's every tributary, like the softest hiss of a blue gas flame. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.